Welcome to the first SDA podcast. We are glad that you have chosen to spend your time listening to this program, and we know that you will be blessed in the process. We pray as you listen to the message today that you will be inspired, empowered, and renewed to have a closer walk with God. beautiful selection that has encouraged our hearts. And I want to thank my pastor for allowing me to be a part of this New Year's Eve celebration. I want to say to this church family that I am, I feel privileged to be a part of the first church family. I've watched your ministry over the year and I want to say to Pastor Snell and the pastoral team that I feel that I'm a blessed man to be a part of the first church. And I want to say, especially my pastor, I've had many pastors over the years that have impressed my heart, that have shaped my character, that have impacted me in miraculous ways. But your preaching ministry, Pastor Snell, over these last several years have been a blessing to me and been a word of God to me, just what I needed at this time in my life. So I'm praying for you and I'm praying for this church family as we move into this new year. I believe all of us need a new start. I, I, I don't, 2020 has been a, a, a serious year for me. It's been a cursing and a bless. As a curse, the, the chaos, the confusion, the depression, the sickness and death has laid over me and over us like a blanket. Just last night, I got a call from a, a young man who had went home for Christmas to be with his family. And while he was visiting with his mother, who was not sick, she had a major heart attack and died. It's been a time for us to review our own experiences. It's been a time to redo our priorities. It's been a time when we have really had time out. As a church, we have learned that the church building is not the church. We've learned that the church is community and have watched uh, an urgency about the second coming of Christ, a, a sense that we now all have that if we're going to make it home, we need to get serious with the Lord. And so today, as we begin this message, I, I want to make this statement that I found in John, the sixth chapter. It says this, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life. And I want to put it this other way. Unless we eat his flesh and drink his blood, we won't make it home. But let's pray. Loving Lord, I thank you this morning, this this evening for this word. And I pray that you will now speak to me, speak through me, for the blessing of those of us who have been able to see the end of this year. Our text is found in St. John, the 6th chapter. And I want to begin in verse 41. John, the 6th chapter, beginning at verse 41. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread of life, which came down from heaven. 
And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I've come down from heaven? And Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves, for no man can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up in the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God, for he has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. And then he repeats it again. I am the bread of life. The fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. And this is the bread which comes down from heaven. The one may, uh, the one may eat of it and not die. I'm the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give him is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. And then the Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And then Jesus said to them, Most surely I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. For whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. When we get to John, the fifth chapter, Jesus now is in the midst of his first impact of ministry. By, by the time we get to this passage of scripture, Jesus had done tremendous things. It, it was uh, in John 5 earlier, he had he had healed the man at Bethesda who had been in the lane for 38 years. He, he had called a word for the Canaanite nobleman. And before the man could even go home again, Jesus spoke a word and he was healed. And it was in this chapter that Jesus was able to take the woman at the well and, and bring her to a conversion. And, and by the time we get to the, the maximum illustration, Jesus now has been preaching and healing all through Capernaum. The word had gotten around that this prophet was a powerful man and, and now people by the thousands began to come and they brought their loved ones and they, they brought those to be sick. The Bible says here that Jesus now, as you remember, was surrounded and thousands had listened to him preach all day. And then here he fed the 5,000. I wish I could have been there the day that Christ had, had stood there. He told his disciples, you, you see the people, you, you, you need to feed them. And they said, Lord, we, we don't have the kind of money to feed these people. We, we don't have enough thing. We only have a, a little boy's lunch. And the Bible says Jesus sit them down and, and prepare them because the Bible says Jesus knew what he was going to do. And so he took the bread and he, and he broke it. And, and, I, and I can see it now. He broke it and then there was more in his hand. He broke it again and again and again. And now Jesus becomes a one-man cafeteria as baskets begin to move all over the place. And by the end of the day, he feeds 5,000 men and all, and all their children. Some say 10,000, 15,000 were there. And when they finished, all of them were filled and there were leftovers. When the crowd saw this, 
they were saying, surely, <laughs> this is the one. They said, surely, this is the prophet. They said, if he can feed the thousands, if he can heal the sick, there's nothing he can do. And the Bible said they moved to make him king by force. And Jesus said, no, no, not, not, not today, not here. He, he goes to the mountainside and disappears and tells the disciples, get in the boat, I'll meet you on the other side. Do you remember the story? They got halfway at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and the storm was so powerful, they couldn't move anymore. And Jesus, and from his prayer perch, saw them out in the sea. And the Bible says he walked down the mountain, walked to the beach, walked out into the middle of the storm. And as he was passing by, the disciples said, it must be a ghost. And when they saw him, said, Jesus, is it you? And Jesus said, it is I. Don't be afraid. And he bid Peter to walk out. And Peter stepped out and walked on the water and had this tremendous experience. By the next day, Jesus had now crossed over. And the crowds that had been fed the night before came back the next morning looking for breakfast. But they could not find him. And the word was, maybe he's in Capernaum. Maybe he's in Bethsaida. And the crowds moved around until they found him a little later the same day back in the church they came and i like the way the word said they came that they he might be feeding them again and they said master we were looking for you all night where were you and then christ said it here most surely i say to you that you came not to seek me for food do not labor for the food which perishes but for the food which endures everlasting life you see their motive, and I want you to hear this, they came because Jesus was a means to their end. Now, I want to stay here just a moment. I want to ask you, as you've come through 2020, I want to ask you, as you've buried loved ones, I want to ask you, as you've been off your job, I want to ask you, when your marriage is all shaped, why are you following Jesus in the 2021? Some say, well, Pastor, I think if I get close to Jesus, my family could be fixed. I, I think if I get close to Jesus, I might get a job in 2021. I think if I might get close to Jesus, I, I won't go and have a divorce. I, if I get close to Jesus, maybe my cancer can be healed. Uh, if I get close to Jesus, but maybe my life will turn. Most, I won't say most, many people are following Jesus, looking for Christ in 2021 to be the means to their ends and I want to say to you that the disciples and the Jews and the followers of Christ were following Christ because of what he did for them they blessed the benefits but they they turned away from the source oh, this bread this bread issue reminds me and takes me all the way back to the the signature impact of the old testament you remember the story of the exodus how after 400 years of preaching of 400 years of slavery how the the jews were now in in egypt in in prison and the lord told moses to go down and now the time had come to release the people but Pharaoh, whose heart was hardened, determined he was not about to let these people go because they were his slave army to build his pyramids and his great cities. 
In fact, when, when Moses said, I come in the name of Yahweh, Pharaoh laughed at them, who is your God? And so for the next nine plays, Moses determined and showed him that the God he served was more powerful than all the gods of Egypt. And then, on the, then when the tenth play came, because Pharaoh's heart was so hard, the Bible said that Moses got instruction that all the firstborn in Egypt would die. Maybe firstborn male, whether it be animal or slave or Pharaoh. But he told the people of God, the Israelites, if, if when it comes at midnight, what I need you to do is take a lamb and then roast it. And I need you to take some herbs and some unleavened bread. I need you to put your clothes on, put your shoes on, put your belts on, organize your family, because at midnight tonight, you will be delivered after 400 years. You're on your way home. Oh, I wish I could preach. <laughs> Here's a group that has never known freedom for four centuries. Not their mother, not their grandmother, not their great-grandmother. All of them had grown up in slavery and not knowing what freedom looked like. But God says, by my mighty hand, I will deliver you. But, but there was a condition. They had to put blood on the doorsteps, on the posts and the lintels. And he said, when the death angel passes by, all those who were covered in the blood would be spared. I, I wish I had a crowd out here today. You see, they had no power to deliver them. God says, I'm going to deliver you, but I'm only going to deliver you and protect those who were covered in the blood. They were to eat the, the leaven, and, and, the, and the meat of the lamb that they ate would give them strength that when they were delivered, they're able to move into their destiny. I want you to hear it again. It was the lamb's strength that they ate at midnight that allowed them to march now out of, out of slavery into freedom. And I want to say, my friend, it was symbolic of the Lamb of God. And so the Jews were, were to remember the Passover experience Long after their slavery was gone, long when they got into their own lands, long when God had blessed them, they were to remember that their source of strength was God, that their deliverance came from God, that their salvation was in God. And they had so got involved with the ritual, they forgot the, the reason for their deliverance. Oh, I wish I could talk today. Some of us think we're going to be saved because we're members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Some think we're going to be saved because Snell is our pastor. Some think we're going to be saved because we are vegetarian, because we're vegan. I want to tell you, my friends, institutions can't save you. Preachers can't save you. Organizations can't save you. Your salvation, your security, your destiny in 2021 is tied to your connection to Jesus. So Jesus says here, back in our text, he says, you're following me because you want the bread. And he says, I warn you, quit focusing on those things that sustain this life versus focusing on those things that sustains eternal life. Oh, I, I read this thought that caught me. Ellen White says, Jesus became human and identified with men humanly so men could identify with him spiritually. 
I'm going to say it again. Christ became a man to bring God into your life. And that connection, that spiritual emptiness, that open hole in your soul, only God can fill. You see, Jesus is not a means to our happiness or a means to our health or a means to our prosperity. Jesus is our health. Jesus is our life. Jesus is our power. Oh, if you could just, I, I, I challenge you, in 2021, I want you to say, Lord, I want to fall in love with you all over. Tell, tell, tell the Holy Spirit you want him to court you. Tell the Holy Spirit you want him to woo you again. Tell the Holy Spirit you want him to give you the love you once had when you first found about Jesus. You, you remember what that was like? When you recognize that you were not worthy of salvation, when you recognize that you were a sinner, when you recognize that you were all, all messed up, and God said, I'll take you just like you are. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to change your hairstyle. You don't have to eat anything different. I know your situation. I know your background. I know your brokenness. I know where you came from. But I died because I loved you. And when that thing went through your spirit, when you recognize somebody loved you more than your mama loved you, when you think somebody accepted you just like you are, that broke your heart. And you couldn't quit. In fact, you didn't know nothing about the Bible except the seven days of the Sabbath, but you just knew Jesus loves you. And you wanted to tell everybody everywhere about this Jesus. We need that, that first love. The disciples had... And, the, and these who had heard the bread now heard Christ say, I've got some bread. <laughs> you thought the bread that came down from heaven, uh, that, 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 that Moses brought you, you thought that was something when he fed for 40 years. He said, everybody that Moses fed is dead. I want you to catch the picture. It was Jesus, not Moses that led them in the wilderness. It was Jesus that rained down manna for 40 years. They were standing in the presence of God who had been their father's support and now he has come to be their support. And they, he, they, he's saying, if you thought Moses was the key, Moses was just a tool. He said, you're looking for bread, I, <laughs> I, right here in front of you, I am the bread of life. He who will eat this bread, he who takes this bread, he will not die. Oh, one writer puts it this way, even though you and I are subject to mortal death, that once the Holy Spirit joins us to God, our spirit becomes his spirit, our life becomes his life, and, and we become one that when his life becomes your life, then even in physical death, death for us is only temporary because we got Jesus on the inside. You know, sometimes I try to help my wife plant stuff. And I and I take those little those little seeds of collard greens. You know, Pastor, they're so small that uh, I don't see I don't see much collard greens in those seeds. In fact, they look like little beans or something. I, and you can put them in the ground, but the, the, the people who, are, uh, who, are, who grow stuff says the life 
of the seed is in it. And all it needs is a little moisture and a, a little sunshine. And all of a sudden, the seed explodes and, and then growth comes because everything that, was, that I'm going to eat later on was already in the seed. And so when Jesus comes into us, when the Spirit brings that to us, then the Bible says then that we are now having the life of Christ. I want you to hear this. Coming to church is not enough. Paying your tithe is not enough. Most of us, many of us, too many of us have an academic, intellectual relationship with God that has nothing to do with our hearts. In 2021, if you want to start over, my brother, my sister, you need to ask God, help me now to experience the Word of God. <laughs> what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about, if you're you praying about faith, God is going to put you in some situations where you're going to have to stretch out your faith and step into the destiny of what God has led and learn what faith is, not by academic, intellectual, but because you have seen God do the impossible for you over and over again. When you recognize who God is, when you recognize what God offers, when you recognize how much God loves you, it, it opens you up. And, and then it changes your spirit. And it makes you just want to bow to him and praise him. And, you know, you know I, I, what, what bothers me is how our worship is so dry. Now, I'm not talking about worship in church. I, 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 and when the preacher preaches, I'm still preaching, and, and I see you, pastor, on my Zoom, I'll be shouting all about my house by myself. I'll be helping you preach on the on the on the television. Uh, my, my, I was I was preaching with you the other day, and my granddaughter wondered what was going on, and she uh, somebody said, "Well, he's just he's he's up there in the, in the study. He must be listening to somebody preach." But I'm talking about your worship at your house. I'm talking about your worship on your job. I'm asking, are you living like someone living in the presence of God? But then Jesus has this hard word. After the, after the, after the Jews say to him, hey, how can you say you came from heaven? We know where you were born. Oh, you're just a carpenter's child. We, we know your family. How can you say that you're God and you're Messiah and you come from the Father when we know your whole history? And Jesus reminded them that the prophecy declared the Messiah would come through a woman, be born in Bethlehem, raise up in Nazareth. They had just not taken the word of God seriously. Now, I, I want to ask you, do you take the word of God seriously? How often have I heard us and even us preachers talk about end times? Well, Pastor Jones, don't you think that we're near the end time? Yes, I do. Well, God's coming soon. Don't you believe it's coming soon? Yes, I do. But did you read the rest of the book? Did you, did you know that the world is not getting better? 
that we are moving to a place when the Holy Spirit will be will withdrawn and the only people who will be sealed and, and prepared are those who have had an experience with God, who have now given to God unconditionally their full life. We have to stop bringing God our agendas and say, Lord, I have no agenda. You are my agenda. Whatever you want to do with me. And, she, and, that's, and it's, you have to be careful to, you got to be careful what you ask for. Because when you ask God to lead your life, I'm going to tell you, he's going to take you places you hadn't planned to go. And through experiences that you hadn't thought about, he told, he told Joseph, you're going to have a special life. People are going to bow down to you. And Joseph wouldn't told his brothers, I saw my destiny. I dreamed I'm going to be a great man. I dreamed I'm going to... And the very next moment, he's in a hole on his way to Egypt as a slave. He spends the next decade going from one crisis to the next crisis. And if he wasn't a man of faith, I can see him saying, Lord, did I, was I on something when I dreamed? Did I, did I miss something? But the path that God takes to bring you to his outcome has nothing to do with what you want. has everything to do with his purpose and his glory. And when you say, Lord, do whatever you want, that might mean somebody gets sick. That might mean somebody has to die. That might mean some crisis comes to you. But as long as you know God is in control and God is directing, God can bring you to it. And God will bring you through it. Ha! Jesus says, now, he, has to, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has life in him. And has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. When I read that, I, my first human peace. What was Jesus talking about? Is he talking about cannibalism? Is he saying to this crowd, you've got to actually eat my flesh and drink my blood? You see, when you go back to the time of Christ, a time of paganism, and even in the time of the Jews, the eating of the sacrifice was a part of worship. When they slayed the lamb, they didn't burn the whole lamb on the altar. Portions of that lamb went to the Levites as their food supply. And in pagan cults, they would sacrifice a part of the, of the, of the sacrifice and then take the rest to the market. And the, the pagans believed when the meat was worshipped and given to the God, that somehow the God's spirit had gotten into the flesh. And so they felt when they ate their flesh, that was sacrificed, the part of the God that was in the flesh became with them. And so they felt they were filled with their God when they ate a part of the sacrifice. So when Jesus said this to these people, it wasn't a foreign concept. Jesus was saying, just like you ate the sacrifice that become a part of you, if you take me into your life, and I become a part of you who eat my flesh and drink my blood and take me into your in, in your inner parts, I will bring you eternal life. And even if you die because you are part of me and I'm a part of you, you will rise up in that last day. Jesus says it a few verses later that his, his words are spirit and in truth. In 2021, my friends, we need to ask God to take us back to the word of God. 
I'm thankful that I have a pastor who preaches the word of God with power. But I can say to you, my friends, we won't be saved by Pastor Snell's understanding of the word of God. The day will come that the churches will be closed and the preachers will be in jail. And if all you have is a tape or a DVD of a message, you're not going to be in good shape. You need to hide the word of God in your own heart. You need to study the word of God for yourself. You need to fortify yourself with that word that it becomes a part of your DNA, a part of your mindset of how you think. It, it has the ability to bring new life. It has the ability to give you power over every temptation. That word can keep you. That word can grind you. That word will change you because the word of God has supernatural power if it receives a heart that accepts it. ha. <laughs> I don't have time to tell you all that that brings, but Jesus now encourages us to now become a part. A few days later, at the Last Supper, Christ took his disciples for the last Passover that he would ever take on the earth. And at the same table was the, was the lamb and the Passover bread and the wine. And the, and the disciples had come still disturbed by their own petty egos. Jesus now was taking on his own, his own emotional self, the sins of all mankind, the, the, the condemnation and the guilt was now changing his, the way he looks. And, and now he knew that his disciples were not ready for Calvary. They were in church with God and upset with each other. I know, I know here in First Church, we don't have any of that kind of issue that when you come to church, you, you've cleared the thing. But I want to say this service, one of the key elements of this foot washing and this service is to make sure if you're going to have a new start in 2021 that you are honest about settling it between you and God and honest about settling it between you and your fellow man. You can't say, God, bless me, God, heal me, and you carry anger and carry unforgiveness in the 2021. Jesus says, if you come to the altar and you recognize that your brother has something against you, put your offering down, go be reconciled to your brother, fix that thing, get that thing right, and then come that you might receive the blessing. If you don't do that, you corrupt that whole process. I don't think we appreciate what Jesus went through to give us salvation. I was reading again, Pastor, this whole Philippians 2 piece where he poured himself out. You see, the Bible says that the, the characteristics that make divinity exceptional is being all wise, all powerful, and omnipresent. Jesus, for eons before he became Christ on the earth had all power, all presence, all knowledge as a part of the Godhead. But when he took on human flesh, he pulled himself back and released his ability to be omnipresent. And because he loves us, 
he will never be omnipresent again. Oh, I, I can't, my little, my little pea brain can't even see that. That I love, I would love creation so much that once I become a man, I would be man, you know, see, if it was me, I'd be man until the Calvary. I'd be man until it's settled. But I go back to business as usual. But Jesus, because he loves us and wants to identify us, he wants to lift us up where God is. Is now he's the God-man for eternity. You notice when the Bible says he grew in favor and knowledge of God and man? Think about it. An, an all-knowledge God can't grow in knowledge. So if, so if Jesus had to have knowledge that was progressive and moved to a conscious peace while he was on earth, Christ's knowledge was based on revelation. It's what the Holy Spirit showed him and the angels taught him. So he released his ability to know everything. In fact, when it was asked about the, when his father would come, he says, I don't know the day or the hour. That's, the, that's on the father's agenda. I no longer have that kind of access when I'm locked into my human peace. And having all power, Jesus says, everything you see me do, the father taught me. Everything you see me, I wash him. And he would not latch into any power that you cannot have. He told his disciples, when I leave, you will have a better, a more powerful ministry. Because now when I'm gone, you're going to heal. You're going to preach. You're going to have a wider scope. Why? Because now the Holy Spirit will send you everywhere. And as you read the New Testament, the disciples now did everything Christ did by the power that was available to him. And that same power is available to us in 2021. I, I'm sad sometimes when we ask if our God is too small or our God is dead or our, you know, God is saying, don't they know who I am? Don't they know what I can do? Why are they struggling so much down there at First Church? Why are they complaining? Why are they calling up on the doctors and the counselors? Why does somebody ask me? <laughs> Why does somebody depend on me? Why does someone come to me? Why does someone wait on me? You know, sometimes, sometimes, I know, and I have to confess, sometimes I ask God for stuff. But he's so slow. And when it doesn't come as quickly as I think, I tend to move on with a plan B. But sometimes we're in situations because we didn't let God do what he wanted to do. Sometimes we take things into our own hands that God had never planned for us to take into our hands. God now is preparing to bring this world to its close. I don't think we have 25 more years in front of us. In fact, I've come to a place in my ministry I'm no longer worried about the time frame. God can come tomorrow. God can come 10, mile, 10 years from now. God can come 100 years from now. I don't care now. The only issue that I have is, am I ready? I want to be able to say that I am in God's will doing what God asks. I challenge you as we close out this year and we move into this year coming. I challenge you as you eat the bread and wine today. Remember, the broken body was broken for you.
Remember the spilled blood was spilled for you. Remember that Jesus took the sins and shame and guilt of all mankind, all of the saved and all the lost, so no man, no woman, no human being could have an excuse because he paid the price in advance for all of us. It'd be a terrible thing, my brother, my sister, for Christ to do everything for your salvation and you not be saved because you chose not to receive the bread. Eat the flesh. Drink the blood. Your best years is tomorrow. We're going to see a movement of God in First Church, in Huntsville, in the Adventist Church like we've never seen before. Not because I'm pro prophesying, but because God said it. And you can either be a part of it, or you can be on the side watching it go by. There are those who are watching this service who you, you, you felt 2020 was a complete failure for you. Good news. God gives you tomorrow to start over again. There are others who are saying, Pastor, I recognize that the Lord came now. I'm not ready. I'm asking for grace. And God is a God who loves to forgive and, and masters in cleansing. And he who shall come will come. It won't be long now. I'm asking the Lord to make us faithful to him like, like he has been to us. And once the Lord gets through working through us and for us, he will seal us. So no longer will we be impacted by the circumstances around us. I'm thankful for the grace of God. How about you? Let's pray. Lord, when we could not come to you, you came to us. When we felt lonesome and empty and wretched, you whispered in our ears and said, I love you. You have now surrounded us with your presence and, and called us to a new standard and given us a chance to start over. And so, Lord, we don't want to blow it this year. We know that we cannot be saved by our good works because our good works are not good enough. But we can be saved by your connection. So, Lord, connect with me. Connect with us. Connect with every family so that the Jesus on the outside becomes the Jesus on the heart. That our mind will merge with your mind and our wills will melt into your will and your power will be free to work through us in ways not for only our salvation, but make us instruments of transformation for those around us. And I thank you for Calvary. I thank you for your glory. We look forward to your return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We know that you have been blessed for listening to this message. Join us next week for another inspirational message. If you would like more information about the First SBA Church located in Huntsville, Alabama, or have a prayer request, please visit us at www.firstsbachurch.com. Our services are streamed live on Saturday mornings at 11.30 a.m. 
and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Central Time. And you're invited to watch these live programs on our website. Until next time, may God richly bless and keep you in His care.